0: What is up, everyone? Chris Cage here, founder of Green Belly Meals. Today I'm talking with Alina Osborne, also known as Tip Tap. Alina through hiked the PCT from Mexico to Canada in 2019 and is a filmmaker. You might have seen some of her beautifully shot and edited videos on YouTube. If you haven't already, you should check out her short film called It is the People on YouTube. You'll see exactly what I mean about the quality of videos she produces. Certainly made me want to do another thru-hike. Today, we're going to talk about New Zealand, which is where Alina is from, thru-hiking the PCT, her filming experience, and a lot more fun stuff. Alina, what's up, girl? Thanks for hopping on.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. What an intro. Sweet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are from Auckland, right?
1: Yep, that's right. Out west.
0: And is that where you are right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm currently in Titirangi, which is, yeah, one of the suburbs, um, in Auckland.
0: Cool. Cool. I just watched your other recent film, Finding Home. Very well done.
1: Oh, cool. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I, I spent three months in New Zealand and I just thought of it like a pristine outdoor paradise. Is that kind of how you think about New Zealand and outdoor paradise or is it just, just home?
1: Oh, there are differing views. I feel like growing up in Auckland, it's I mean, it's a city of one point eight million. Um
0: yeah, it's so pretty it's big. pretty
1: big. Bigger than Montana, I've learned. Um <laughs> so yeah, I mean, to me it's kind of like it's the place where there are opportunities to go live that, you know, outdoor life. But it's also um I think having grown up here, it's you know, there's it's not quite the Lord of the Rings-esque place um, when you're in a big city. Yeah. yeah where where did sure. you go in uh, New Zealand when you were here?
0: Oh, man. I, I did like a, a three-month... I was on a bicycle and I just zigzagged. I started on the very northern tip. I think kind of like the Bay Islands area. Is that mm-hmm. And then I went down to Slope Point on the most southern point of the South Island. So. I saw a ton. I mean I intentionally zigzagged. I wanted to cover as much as much ground in New Zealand as possible, but it was just really cool. But for those of y'all who don't know, New Zealand's I think about the sim- similar size as California, real estate wise. And it's got, I believe, less than five million people, which makes it about the size of Atlanta. So it's just this vast expanse of rural land with beautiful mountains and beaches and it's really a, a great <laughs> great mm. outdoor playground. But um I wanna ask you some some New Zealand Kiwi questions. Sure thing. Do people still say sweet as?
1: Yes. It's like every every second, <laughs> every second phrase.
0: Can you sweet. can you give us a sentence using sweet as or, or example how it's used?
1: Was it your Kiwi accent with the sentence there?
0: I I'm trying. I'm trying.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I mean it was possible. Um wait, so what was that? You want me you want a sentence with sweet as in it?
0: Uh, you give me an example how it's how it's used oh, how, how give,
1: give an example okay, I mean it's essentially a response um you know uh, I mean it can be many many things um but uh you know oh thanks, thanks for lending me your uh, candle um oh yes yeah, sweet as. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I
0: I know, know we're saying candle, but <laughs> we're saying we're saying sweet a s not Sweet ass, ass. Sweet yes. Ass. Yeah. I I
1: remember using the phrase the first time. I think it was in Denver, and my flatmate or housemate was just like, "Are you saying sweet ass?" And I was just like, "No, <laughs> sweet ass. <laughs> it's not as um, yeah."
0: I think so. My understanding is it could be used not just with sweet. So I, I remember I was with a hiking buddy, and he had another hiking buddy, and the other hiking buddy was. Asking if I wanted to go hiking with them, and he said, "Is this guy referring to me going to be in enough shape to do this hike?" it sounded like it was a big hike. And my buddy, I remember him on the phone. He goes, "Oh yeah, he's he's as fit as." And yeah. I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what do you what does that mean, fit as?" So I,
1: yeah, it I, is like, definitely uh, used in many yeah many many different contexts. Um, cool as, fit as, um, choice as. I mean. It's the funny thing; you don't actually compare it to anything, but um, you know it's kind of implied that it's funny because because I've spent a bit of time like in and out of New Zealand. Some of those phrases I forget about them, and I'm like, I remember when I did the PCT last year. I was kind of like, I need to retain my Q-iness and not just absorb all the American slang that I usually do. Um, so I'm going to make an effort to sound like more Kiwi and be more Kiwi and, you know, like maintain that identity out there. Um, So I definitely used sweet as um, a good amount.
0: Good. Please keep saying it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is is hitchhiking, I'm assuming you hitchhiked on the PCT. Had you hitchhiked in New Zealand?
1: I'd never hitchhiked before in my entire life. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, my first hitchhiking experience was from, was hitching into Julian, um, yeah, on the PCT. Um, and my first hitchhiking experience solo was I think in Big Bear Lake, um, yeah, in California, but no, I still have not hitchhiked in New Zealand, but from what I've heard from everybody who's hitchhiked here is that it's super easy, super chill. And because I know Kiwis are, yeah, pretty, um, chill like that. I, um, I'm pretty, I'm not worried about it and I'm kind of excited to, yeah, have my first hitching experience down here. I actually did pick up my first hitchhiker this year in June, which was also a cool experience. But yeah, no, first time will be this year.
0: Interesting. I thought it was more prevalent there. I I remember I was in in Golden Bay, I think, somewhere around in like the the, some part of the South Island. They had Mm -hmm. benches on the side of the highway that were designated for hitchhiking. So I, th- I thought it was kind of a
1: Oh uh, well, I thought yeah. it was more prevalent. Yeah, I think it's super prevalent if you are traveling. Yeah, essentially if you're traveling. But the thing about living in New Zealand is that you can't get by without a car. Um, especially if you live in Auckland. The public transport system isn't great at all. So you kind of you just need a car. Um And because of that, you know, I've always been able to drive myself places. So I haven't really had the need to hitchhike. Um, And maybe that's just an Auckland thing. And it's why um, why the rest of New Zealand calls Aucklanders Jaffas. I don't know if you've come across that phrase. (laughs) phrase. Um, But um, I don't know if you swear on this podcast.
0: Do, Do what you need to do
1: um well Jeff is essentially it's just another fucking aucklander (laughs) um (laughs) because there are so many of us uh that's why i proudly state that i'm from west auckland because i feel like west auckland has a bit of a better rap um within you
0: need to clarify that is
1: oh yes every time and it's, it's like oh if i'm traveling new zealand and somebody says oh where are you from and i'm like oh auckland and they're kind of like Oh, and I'm like, oh, wait Auckland? And they're like, oh, Jeffrey. okay. <laughs> okay. There's like some redeeming quality there. Um,
0: nice. I remember when I was talking about going down to New Zealand, every now and then conversation would get brought up that so and so had been to New Zealand and they kept comparing it to the way the U S was back in the fifties, which of course neither of us can actually, you know, ex- knew or could experience what the 1950s were like in the States, but. I definitely got this sense that New Zealand was safer. And subsequently, Kiwi seemed to have a lot less reservations about meeting people. And I really remember being able to... uh When I was like cycling down the length of New Zealand, a lot of times at the end of the day, I would just pull my bike off on the side of the road. And if it was not rural enough where I could just camp out, I would go and knock on a farmer's door. And not every time, but most of the time, the farmer would say, instead of camping out on my property, why don't you just take my spare bedroom and it was like just a really bizarrely nice and friendly environment. Did you feel like Mm -hmm. there was any big friendliness gap or anything like that when you were coming to the States?
1: I've definitely heard that as well um, about New Zealand being like the States in the 50s. Um, uh, And I think New Zealanders are kind of, um, I don't know, I guess there's a kind of level of trust that people still have with each other um like I'm happy to if I'm in a cafe and it might also be my nature but I think it's kind of an inherently Kiwi thing is that you're pretty chill with leaving your bag somewhere and saying oh hey can you look after this um or can you just watch my stuff um and yeah I think there is that level of um yeah trust that still exists with strangers. I think the big difference is that in the states people sue each other and people are held more accountable. So I feel like there's probably that that people think about when um you know they're allowing people to use their things or they don't want to be held responsible for somebody else's stuff. Um I think that plays a big part in the culture of it. But in terms of friendliness, I find that like I mean, I know also America is a, you know, the states is a bad rap, but depending on where you go and the circles you meet, I find people in the states really, really friendly and really open, and um, I love, have always loved the depth of conversations I've been able to have with people in the states, um, from just meeting them, um, and I think that's a trait that um is often overlooked.
0: Nice, uh, nice to hear, and I, I feel like. I'd like to agree with that. I feel like a lot of times living abroad, I think Americans in general are extroverted and, and friendly, but might have a little more reservations than some of the Kiwis. But I think you also bring a good point about how litigious the U.S. is. It's like a lot of people have a lot more reservations because they're afraid they're going to get sued. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it kind of sucks. But yeah, I thought Kiwis were just so so nice and warm and inviting.
1: Mm, there's definitely a sense of when I whenever I've returned to New Zealand that, you know, there's this kind of sense of relief and like weight off my shoulders that, Oh, I'm home. Like I'm safe. I don't have to worry about these things. I don't have to be on edge about some things. Um, yeah. And I just, I remember an experience I had in the States with like the post office and everything being very, very meticulous and I didn't get one thing right. So I had to go to the back of the long line again. And I was kind of like, this would never happen in New Zealand. If you had a little thing wrong, the post office person would be like, oh, here, I'll help you out. And <laughs> and maybe that was just my experience in New York. But um, that was kind of something that I was like, man, it's yeah, so different.
0: It's like the whole country is like a small town vibe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh do all right, another thing. Do most people you know own a dryer? As in a washer dryer?
1: Uh yeah. Um, but most of us kind of just um hang the clothes kind of like on our sheep and they kind of run around the field. Um and then that's kind of the best way to dry your clothes out.
0: On your sheep? What?
1: Yeah, no, I'm just taking the piss. Um <laughs> so <laughs> um, I was
0: like, I thought about on your on a sheep. I was like, oh you said sheep. No, you said sheep. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I said sheep.
1: Um no, I think that's another thing I really love about being from New Zealand and coming up to the states is kind of you can make any shit up and people <laughs> generally believe you, especially if you keep a really straight face and um yeah really flat tone. I, think I, um, I, had, I had a great great time with my trail family. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean yeah most people own dryers, but uh, most people hang their laundry out. Like everyone has a, or well, most people have um, what do you call it, washing lines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that. I was, that was, again, back to the 1950s. I remember thinking that was just another thing. It was like, hitchhiking is accepted here. People don't use their dryers. There are all, all these little like things that kind of went back to at least the way I, th- I think that the 1950s were in the States.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, that was actually an element of a little bit of culture shock for me the first time I came to the States is that there was... There were no washing lines and um, I would put my washing straight from the um, washer into the dryer. And I was just like, what? Like that what? uses so much electricity and power. And yeah, then I got used to it and I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. All right. And Great Walks, are they still kicking? Have you done any? What What's going on with the Great Walks?
1: Oh, Great Walks. Yes, they are still kicking. And um, it's an interesting year because usually um, they are crowded with international travelers and visitors. Um, they get booked out kind of instantly as soon as the Great Walks season starts. Can, over summer. Can you tell
0: like a little bit about what, what the Great Walks are?
1: Yeah, so there are, I think, oh, I think there are nine now. Don't quote me on that. There's a new one that's just been added. But essentially they're kind of like um, the highlights of the highlighted trails of New Zealand. So the ones where you get probably your most bang for your buck in terms of views, scenery, experience. They're also graded really nicely. Some of them are pretty bougie these days and you can, you know, have a, I don't know, three course meal in them and spend $160 a night. Uh, I've never done that version, but um, there are those options. Uh, But yeah, essentially kind of like the highlighted um, trails of New Zealand. Um, And there are some, a couple in the North Island, a couple in the South and one on Stewart Island. But yeah, super popular Especially with people who are coming from overseas, because you know you want your bang for your buck views. So great walks are always booked out. Um, this year's going to be different and interesting because it's just keep ki- well mainly Kiwis in New Zealand. Apart from the people who got stranded slash were quite lucky to be stuck here for a little bit. Yeah, so it's just really popular walks. I have done um, a couple of them. I've done the Kepler. I've done most of the root burn, though it was damaged, so I couldn't do the whole thing this year. Uh, I've done Tongariro Crossing four times, the Northern Circuit two times. Don't ask me why. It's the one that goes around um, Mount Narahoe, also known as uh, Mount Doom to a lot of people. Mm. And what else have I done? I've done some of Abel Tasman.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's some good ones. I'd really like to do the Rakiura Trail, which is um, on Stewart Island, and you can actually potentially see kiwis. And I've never seen a kiwi in real life, so that would be cool. Oh
0: yeah, that's the bird. The bird, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Have you? Did you do any when you were down here?
0: Yeah, I think I did uh, Kepler and Rootburn as well. I think. Oh, nice. I don't remember how long they were. I'm guessing like thirty-ish like miles at sunrise right? each.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kilometers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of I,
0: <laughs> tomato it's funny
1: tomato. I, I measure all PCT in miles, and then as soon as I come back here, I'm like, okay, now I've got to measure back in kilometers again. Yeah, um,
0: but they were. I remember they were, they were they were stunning, and it was like little little mini mini through hikes. All right, enough about New Zealand. Let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, So from being raised in New Zealand, catch us up on when you decided to hike the PCT, a mini kind of timeline, if you will.
1: Mm. Um, So uh, yeah, I grew up in New Zealand out in West Auckland and then went to university in Auckland, graduated in 2015 and then knew that I've always wanted, I mean, I knew I'd always wanted to go to the States. And um, the year after I graduated, Um, I got the J1 visa, which allowed me to work in the States for 14 months. So I did that. I hopped over at the end of 2016 and lived in New York for about, I think, five months and then, um, hopped all over, lived in Denver for a couple months, loved it there. And then came back to New Zealand, um, got a job working, doing video content kind of stuff for a year. And then um, it was kind of end of 2018. Yeah, end of 2018, where um, I guess a lot of things happened um, in terms of kind of like new chapters or end of chapters per se. I remember reading about the PCT back in... I mean, I read the book Wild, which is the most basic answer I know Yeah. (laughs) Um, back in, I must have been like 16 or 17. And the main thing I got from that book was that I just remember in the first chapter or so, and I was like, wow, there's a trail that goes from Mexico to Canada. That's insane. Like, I can't even imagine ever being able to do that. I remember just looking at that being like, that's something I would love to do, something I don't think I would ever be able to do. And so I kind of, you know, stored that in the back of my mind, kind of forgot about it. Um, and it wasn't until the end of 2018, I think that idea kind of started bubbling up again. Having returned to New Zealand, you know, I wasn't feeling super fulfilled with where I was working and um, that idea was kind of popping up throughout the year. And then um, end of the year came um had the end of a harsh relationship, you know, you know how that happens. The classic, classic tale of heartbreak. <laughs> and then you're kind of like, right, well, I don't have a what lot. Now? Of, yeah. Well, I don't have a lot of things holding me down. Um, there's this thing that I've really been wanting to do. So like now is the time I should go do it. So yeah, I got my permit early 2019. Didn't actually know if I was going to do it until January um, when I got the permit. And yeah, then... From there, I guess the rest of the history went over in April and hiked it.
0: Nice. So do you think the first time you heard about the PCT was from the book Wild?
1: Yeah, I think it was. I think that was the first, yeah, little taste of it. And then when I started realizing, okay, this is something I really wanted to do in end of 2018, that's when I kind of stumbled down the rabbit hole of you know the whole YouTube world, and I was like, "Wow, this is really a thing!" And like seeing on Instagram, I think it was yeah, all through social media, just at the end of 2018, where I realized, "Wow, there's a whole community of people who like live and breathe through hiking." Um, I want in. <laughs> These
0: people are real, yeah. And no, it's funny how the you know, respective to the trails, the PCT and the AT, wild and a walk in the woods were such pr for those trails like uh, the amount of people that heard about those trails from just those two books is insane
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds very... like it sounds like you were
0: a victim as well what was your outdoor background prior to doing it, it doesn't sound like you were doing any any hikes or anything it sounds like you're working and studying
1: yeah yes we're studying i think just a product of being in new zealand had done a, like i guess a bunch of day hikes and camping per se, nothing extensive growing up. And then um, when was it? I think I did my first multi-day hike, oh, maybe in 2015. So like probably after I graduated um, university and then um, realized, oh, cool, this multi-day thing is really awesome. Um, and when I went over to the States um, the first time, I invested in a backpack, I got a sleeping bag and I got a tent and I got all those things for the first time and did a bunch of yeah hikes in the States, uh, went to a bunch of the um, national parks and yeah, really that deepened my love for being outdoors, I guess.
0: Nice. Nice. And did you pick the PCT because that was familiar from the book or had you heard of the AT or CDT or any, any other big trails?
1: Yeah. So I hadn't heard of the CDT. I'd, I'd actually done a day hike on the AT um, in 2017. Um, Didn't really realize, didn't comprehend that it was a through hike. I had no idea. I was kind of like, Oh, this is a trail I've heard about, but I have no idea what, I had no idea what it was um, to the full extent. Um, the PCT, I guess, because, yeah, I'd heard about it from wild, but it wasn't until I started seeing kind of like videos and images online where, um, I saw how incredible it was. And maybe because it was that I had that sense of familiarity with it, just having read that book. Though so I, the funny thing is, I don't, I hardly remember the story. Um, so I kind of, yeah, that kind of was there, but, um, Initially, I was kind of like, oh, this seems a bit too big. Maybe I'll go do the John Muir Trail. Um, but <laughs> right. then the other part of me is kind of like a all or nothing, go big or go home. So I decided, you know, just just go for the PCT. Are
0: you glad you did it and not one of the other ones?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Although, from what I've heard, it's also ruined my it's ruined me in a sense that it was the best trail to do and I've done it first. So my expectations yeah. for any other thru-hike are just kind of unrealistic.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm by no means going to talk trash about the AT because AT is, of course, great. But the uh, above tree line hiking on the PCT certainly looks quite epic.
1: Yeah, cause, so you've done the AT.
0: I did the AT, right. And actually, I don't think I was even familiar with the PCT or the CDT when I was... Pursuing the AT, I actually can't even remember, but I was just I was familiar with the AT. It's kind of like back to familiarity. What what you know? What do you know? But the AT was what I knew. And mm. but you know, and and looking back at at or now what I knowing what I know now about the PCT and seeing how how beautiful it looks, I, I gotta say I I have a little bit of an itch. It looks looks pretty epic. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: it it was definitely interesting. Um, yeah, learning more about the whole, I guess like through hiking community and I had no idea that people did triple crowns um I didn't even know that existed until I went out there I didn't know um I guess like there's kind of some household names if you will in the through hiking world that I just had no idea about and people would kind of talk about you know like oh this person that person I was kind of like who are these people like how <laughs> does everyone know who they are <laughs> yeah. and then um Yes, yeah, or a bunch of trail days. And I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get it.
0: What were your loves and hates about the experience, or likes and dislikes? If you don't want to be the extreme,
1: likes and dislikes, loves and hates. Uh, oh, I mean, <laughs> I made a whole bloody film about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, the people—you know—makes a massive impact on your whole experience. Um, and I think everybody is kind of in a place where they just want to be out there. They want to connects with people they want to be present with that moment and if you're in that kind of state of mind you can't help but have really good experiences and build strong connections with people um so I think that was an obvious uh love for the trail um as well as uh, you know it's just beautiful scenery and there's a whole community um which yeah goes back into the people but uh in terms of dislikes hmm I think
0: don't mention any specific names.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll uh lift that part out of uh my videos. <laughs> no, um uh no, I think dislikes there would be it's kind of hard because you know, <laughs> like anything, you only remember the good parts and it's very, very, very easy to romanticize. Um, you know, The obvious ones are kind of ones where you were just completely exhausted. You were done for the day, but you you kept hiking. Uh, Oh, I do know a specific dislike. I continuously, I mean, just throughout the whole trail, I rolled my ankle probably, um, I don't know how many times a week I would do it, but it sometimes was, the pain was so unbearable. I I mean, every time I did it from um, the desert section, it would kind of, my instant reaction, it was like this very painful jolt in my ankle that it would just, I would burst into tears just oh. like without just on command um, because of the pain. Um, and it was like my body reacting to that and not, it wasn't like an emotional like, oh my God, it was just my body. I would twist it and it, I'd be in so much pain that I would just start crying. And then one time I did that, um, I was kind of like, I thought I'd lost my two trail buddies, so I was kind of trying to catch up to them. Little did I know they were behind me, so I was moving quite quickly. And then um, just twisted my ankle real bad and just cried on the trail for about ten minutes. That probably was one oh, where I um, oh. that was pain as well as emotion. That's the
0: yeah a combination Everything
1: built up, and I was like, if somebody comes across me right now, I'm gonna look so pathetic. <laughs> But um, no, yeah, the ankle thing was definitely something I worried about because um, you know you just don't want to have to get off trail for something like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. It sounds like you uh, ordered your gear online and shifted the states.
1: Mm, that's all right.
0: You didn't source anything in New, New Zealand.
1: Uh, I mean, the only thing I mean, I took some Icebreaker merinos, which are from New Zealand. But I know that that's right. That's in right. Yep.
0: Do you have like? The, do you remember the possum? Possum hair, is that a thing down there?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because possums are a pest in New Zealand because they... Exactly. Yeah. But in Australia, they're a, um, what do you call it, like protected species. But if you see a possum in New Zealand, you you swerve to hit it. In Australia, you swerve <laughs> to miss it, um, which is very, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. But um, no, I didn't take any of that. Um, no, I didn't take much. I mean, I took a silverfin buff. Um. My sister made me a Berino, uh, merino beanie uh, merino beanie, and that was kind of it. Uh, I think I just got swept up in this whole like, oh, I need, I need all the things that everybody has to make it out there. Uh, and having now had a through hike under my belt, I'm kind of more willing to try different things and experiment with different gear. Um, and definitely now being in New Zealand, want to source more locally and try out, Kiwi gear as well.
0: Yeah. What's the, I feel like there's an REI kind of equivalent down there. What was it called?
1: Yeah, there are two. There's MacPack and there's Kathmandu.
0: Kathmandu. That's what I was thinking of.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I got to say, I, I remember thinking the selection was was definitely less and the uh, the price of it like was pretty expensive. So I imagine yeah. it's been more since the source of it in the States.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, the world of kind of lightweight or even, I mean, ultralight, isn't isn't really a thing here? Um, there are no kind of cottage companies, and um, yeah, so it's still making its way down here, I think, because um, there's still a pretty traditional mindset in terms of hiking or tramping, as it's known here.
0: Tramping, yeah.
1: Except I've I've never used tramping, which is funny. I always use hiking, but I mean, tramp, yeah. It's do you popular. say do
0: you say bush bushwalk? Is that a thing? Or is that Australian
1: bushwalk? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I no? guess so maybe I'm just very um conditioned and indoctrinated by the American
0: oh, way. Man. Americans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A bit about filming. I must mm-hmm. say it is rare to find such well constructed narratives in hiking videos like you have oh, done. Thank you. Yeah they're really great. I remember watching your first videos and thinking they were just really well done. So what what's your background prior to the PCT you mentioned you had done some work before you started it?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I um I mean I got a degree. The thing is I got a degree in communications. I wouldn't say that that was the thing that um trained me like how I learned. A lot of it um but yeah, my background is I got a degree in communications which is, you know, pretty stock standard um degree in some sense, but in my final year, I was able to major in video production. So I got my hands on a Canon C100 camera and was able to play around with it, was able to um, direct a short documentary, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed that whole process, Um, loved every bit of it. Um, I guess another bit about my background is that I've always loved cameras. I've always played around with them. If there was a camera, I would always pick one up. But you know, never had a lot of access to one. Um, So I guess this university degree gave me a lot more access to being able to play around with it and I guess learn how to construct a story per se.
0: What was the documentary on?
1: Ah, so it was about my upbringing, uh, which is a whole other can of worms. (laughs) Um, Where I mean, I was essentially, I mean, I was raised in a cult and it was kind of about that whole experience and kind of navigating away from that. Yeah, a a can of worms.
0: (laughs) Is that on on YouTube?
1: (laughs) Uh, It was on my website. I took it down because it felt a little bit irrelevant and a little bit dated. But, you know, if you'd like to see it, I can definitely send it to (laughs) (laughs)
0: you. Does it feel a little personal?
1: I mean, it's very personal. But I also think that there's. I realized and recognized how much power there is in owning your story and being willing to be vulnerable in a way that might help others. So even though it is very personal and it was a really difficult thing to put out there and show my peers, show my family, um, as a result, I feel like I, my relationships with all these people have grown so much. So I am always happy to share.
0: Oh, cool. Good on you.
1: So then after university, I got a um, job just editing very basic videos, like the most basic editing you could think of um, for a startup edutech company. And they were kind of just, yeah, there were like 10 of us in this tiny kind of sweatshop of an office and I was there for the very, very early stages. They seemed like they wanted more video content, but they didn't think they had anyone capable. And I said, like, hey, I, I can use a camera. I can go do Check these me things.
0: me
1: Yeah, I can do more than edit, put a title on a video and export. Um, so they trusted me and gave me the tools to um, film some videos. And I actually continued working for that company when I went to the States. So. Um, I went over there and um, their whole focus is getting students into colleges overseas. I guess the big focus on U.S. colleges um, as well as some in the U.K. Um, But yeah, big focus on the Ivy Leagues. So when I went over there, um, I said, hey, I could go film students, like start filming like a day in their life of a law student at Harvard. Um, And they were like, cool, yep, go for it. So the first I did by myself and then from then on
0: Wow, that's look at you. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it was really sweet. I surprisingly have been to most of the colleges in the states, um places I never thought I would go, you know, like walking through the halls of I don't know, Harvard and Yale and Duke and Brown and all those places just filming um students meeting really interesting people. Um and so was able to work with two other guys and we would just go around to these colleges and um, yeah, meet these students, talk to them about it and kind of um, put that on the YouTube channel we created for this company. And then um, I guess that was a big part of me learning how to navigate story, navigate filming, editing, being very on the fly, and also just talking to people and interviewing people. I think that was a big skill to develop as well because You know, if somebody's uncomfortable on the camera, that really, really does come across. So Mm. learning how to kind of build rapport with people and chat to them um, on the camera. So I did that for about a year till I got back to New Zealand. Um, And then that company was still here, but because I didn't have the opportunity to go film in cool places, I was kind of like, okay, I've realized I've got to the end of my learning in this role. So I'm going to leave this company now. And then I started um working surprisingly for the New Zealand police I went on working for them and um doing a similar thing they wanted someone to create some more video content so I suggested hey why don't we uh, start a YouTube channel
0: <laughs> give me give me an example of like a, what kind of you what kind of video would you make for the police
1: um so I suggested it was actually the same similar pattern where I was kind of like I know that you know Obviously, police, it's, there's a lot of controversy around, um, you know, the whole organization, the organizations as a whole and what they mean in society, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think there's probably a little bit of a different culture in New Zealand, um, and it probably plays into the fact that, I guess, in general, Kiwis are more chill, so police, um, have maybe a different approach, are also not armed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, Went in and was like, you know, the biggest thing with police is that all you see is a uniform. You don't see them as human beings. You see them, you see that, you know, the blue pants, blue shirt. Um, so what's, like, what's a better way to humanize a police officer than to actually learn who they are, show like kind of a day in the life of their role, give a taste of their personality. That's something that people can connect with. Um, and also, if a young person was looking at joining the police, you know, they wanted more insight into what a particular role would look like. Mm. So yeah, I started kind of making a day in the life videos for different roles within within the police. Which yeah, I got a lot of insight. You know, would go on ride-alongs, go up in the eagle helicopter, and um, go at nighttime with them and just film them. Um, and yeah, got very exposed to. I guess, what happens in at nighttime in society, really.
0: Right. Uh, and I'm guessing you learned a lot about telling a story.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely learned how to, yeah, it's the same thing, especially with police officers. Oftentimes, you know, they're very guarded, don't want to really open up. So it was like me and I was doing this kind of solo. So I would kind of be there and get to know them and then, you know, try get um, you know, a bit of information about all their story, essentially.
0: Very cool. So uh, you hit the PCT with some filming chops. How did your editing and, and publishing process work? Like, you weren't doing that on your zero days, were you?
1: No, no way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was so like, I, I remember
0: uh, my zero days were precious. <laughs> I was like, do oh not. I was like, I need to eat. I need to get laundry. I need to shower. I don't could not even fathom trying to edit a professional looking video.
1: Oh 100%. Those those moments are sacred. Um I would never trade it for um yeah editing anything. I think I mean I didn't even have a backup system but yeah I only edited and processed everything um when I returned back to New Zealand.
0: What was your release time in between them then how, how did you chop them up into episodes like you did?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, when I got back, I, um, took a couple of weeks to do, I don't actually know how long I left it, but, um, not that long. Cause I think I posted my, it is the people film probably a month after returning home. But I, yeah, went through kind of all my videos, watched everything and, you know, cried. was <laughs> just like, Oh my God, I miss it. Um, and then started realizing or started seeing the story I wanted to tell. Um, And then I, the first thing I did was I made the, it is the people film Um, and kind of just, I guess it was just always like a um, just stream of consciousness. That's the one I'm thinking of. It was almost that in terms of narration, um, just how I was feeling um, and making that film allowed me to process and sort through all the videos that I'd shot. Um, and that was the only video I was going to make. I was just going to post that and leave it.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't connect all those dots. I thought you were, uh, I don't use the word vlogging, but I thought you were posting videos along the way. I didn't hear about you obviously until after your hike, which I guess that makes sense because you weren't posting videos until after your hike. That's right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'd only posted the it is the people film and just left so you, it. So you, then... just,
0: you just decided I'm going to film myself along the PCT And then when I finish, I'm gonna create maybe create a video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly
0: it. And then once you created it is the people you said, okay, I've got all this other footage. Maybe I could make some more stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was exactly it. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd filmed um, I think going into it, I thought, oh, maybe I'll make some videos along the way. On day one, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm making <laughs> any videos along the way. Yeah. No yeah. way. Um, But I just continued filming um, just because I enjoy it. And it's kind of like, I guess, an extension of me. Um And I guess, yeah, that's kind of, that was my approach. You know, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm going to keep doing it. Cool. So when I got back, yeah, made that film and then realized... Oh, there's a lot of the story I didn't tell and I still want to tell. Um, so I'm going to make the rest of these videos. And I think I was uploading them maybe every... Some of them I got weekly. Some of them were bi-weekly. Then I went away and came maybe monthly. But um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: there was no real structural consistency to it. It was kind of like editing as I went. And um, especially because I was in between starting... A paying job, so I yeah had the time to go through them all.
0: Right, interesting. Did not know that. So you finished the PCT, and then what? What did you? What have you been doing
1: since coming back? Yeah, yeah do you have a job? Question. Are
0: you trying to do full time YouTube or both?
1: Yeah. Or- so I got back and was like, cool. I can't be here. <laughs> I,
0: cool, I no thanks.
1: To, I have to leave right now. Um, so I got a visa to go to live and work in Canada for two years. Um, I was like, cool, I'm going to go to Canada. I'm going to hike the GDT in July um, and then I'm going to work. Um, obviously, that t- didn't happen. Something else is, this, it, is it just into because the of world. COVID? <laughs> yes, yes. of um, details. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Minor detail. Um, yeah. So I, but also I realized like, I obviously need a, um, paying job before I, I need to make some money before I go over. So I got a temp job in a, funnily enough, a recruitment agency. I was going there to get a job and they were like, Hey, you can wait for us. And I was like, okay. Uh, but you know, I'll be here for three months. Sweet. I'll take this job um, and I was hired as a kind of digital marketer. The funny thing is I've never done digital marketing. I have, um, even though I've got you know YouTube and I should really pay more attention to all the analytics of videos, I just have no real interest in it at all. On uh, the creation but, uh, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of... You know, it it is an important skill, but is I your don't. is your
0: boss going to listen to this?
1: Um, no. I, I've I've since left the company.
0: So. Oh, okay, all right, all right.
1: <laughs> They Should be fine. Um, no. So I yeah took that job, and it was you know interesting learning those skills, and um stayed there for some months, and then COVID hit, and I was like, oh wow, I still I really need a job, and this contract was meant to end anyway. They kept me on for a little bit longer, um, but then eventually let me go, um, about two months ago now. So they were kind of like, we can't pay you anymore. And I was like, okay, sweet. Um, it was mm-hmm. also the kind of um, kick out the door I needed um, because I'd been wanting to take the leap a little bit more with YouTube and exploring other online opportunities. So right now my focus has been um, not necessarily like single-handedly on YouTube, um, but kind of just the online world per se so kind of exploring other opportunities and options that have come into my inbox but right as of now my focus is preparing for something else entirely
0: dun, dun, dun.
1: yeah dun 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 which I'm about to leave for um yeah,
0: yeah like that's, a, so. that's a good segue uh I believe you're talking about the TA are you not
1: I am indeed yeah
0: can you can you pronounce it for us
1: Araroa. Araroa,
0: araroa. Yeah,
1: it's it's the rolling of the R's that is quite hard, and I. Yeah, I, was, I uh, heard made, you
0: pronounce it on a video, and I was like, when I was there, everybody was saying ti I, I guess it's the real, like,
1: yeah.
0: it's the real American way to say it.
1: <laughs> um, it's a very white way to say it. Um, yeah, no, I yeah made a video about it, and there's a lot of Maori pronunciation that's. Um, I'm definitely working on as well. I think one of the words, a wairua, which is the Maori word for Cape Reinga, which is the northernmost point, um, took me a couple goes to get. I feel like the recording of that is kind of hilarious, but um, I, I'm there now. You know, just just a bit of practice. It's not that hard to pronounce things. Correctly. <laughs>
0: it sounds it sounds great. It sounds great. So uh, the TA for short is
1: mm-hmm.
0: oversimplification. The PCT of New Zealand. So it's another through hike in New Zealand, North Island, South Island. And how long is the distance?
1: So the distance is. Oh, is I'm it comparable my, to the PC?
0: Is it comparable oh my to. i
1: getting. Yes, yeah, so it's 1800 miles for all you Americans. It yeah, is. so, AT, <laughs> so
0: the, AT not t, the AT is roughly 2200. So it's just a hair shorter than the AT. The TA is yeah. just a hair shorter than the AT.
1: Yeah. And it's, so that's 3000 kilometers. So PCT is 4,270 kilometers. TA is 3000 kilometers. Um, yeah, think, but, so, but, but, the, are t- you stoked oh, or what's the,
0: what are, what's the, <laughs> what's the vibe? What's, that? am I stoked? So, I, I, so I, I remember like when I was there, there was, I was, I don't know, I was somewhere in the middle of North Island. I want to say is, is Tongariro, is that, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Is that in the middle of North Island?
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah,
0: I think I was near there and there was like an all you can eat buffet and I was cycle touring alone. And I get off and there was this bearded dude at the buffet with me and we started talking. And I was like, I just got the vibe. I was like, he's got to be doing, he's got to be cycle touring or something. Hmm. And he's like, I'm doing this uh, long trail in New Zealand. I was like, what are you talking about? And he told me about it then. And that was 2012. And I was like, Wow, I didn't think it was complete now. Is it, so it it is complete now?
1: It yeah, didn't so sound like it was
0: at the time. So I, <laughs> they must have done something.
1: Yeah, in 2011 it was um so that's kind of the year it was first opened. Um there's a really good book written by Jeff Chapel who pioneered the trail essentially. Um and he's got some stories of how it it, it all came to be, but yeah, 2011 2011 was the first year it was opened and uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's completed, but I guess it's as completed maybe as like the PNT or it's just a very young trail that has a lot of development left to go on it. So right now it's at 14% road walking. Some of those roads are forestry roads, but uh, some other roads are kind of like Paved. State, state highways and they're quite dangerous to walk, so I'm told. And so there's a lot that can st- that is yet to happen. And I know that there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, stuff happening with the TA Trust and them like looking at potential reroutes. So I think the trail will look very different in 10 years time and like a lot better but I mean it's technically completed but there are sections where you know it's you it's mandatory to take the ferry or it's mandatory to paddle um I even saw a section where it said hitch this five kilometer stretch because the road is too dangerous so <laughs> I mean it's completed but you know how technical do you want to get about it being a through hike you know yeah
0: so you're you're leaving in two weeks you said hopefully <laughs> by the time this is out you'll probably be hiking
1: Oh wow, that that's crazy to think.
0: Are you? Yeah. What's the What's the vibe?
1: Oh, I'm. Kinda I'm.
0: It just is what it is. What's the What's the level?
1: Oh man, if I was saying it is what it is, it's not a good way to go into my life.
0: <laughs> good. Like well, worst, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I didn't know if it was like.
1: You... <laughs> it is
0: no. what it is. No, you should not say it is what it is. I guess I just, <laughs> with COVID, I was trying to give you a a, a way out because with COVID, oh, I and mean, all of our yeah. options have been so limited. You know, I think. Yeah, clearly. I mean, you, you're if you're in New Zealand, you're thinking ridiculous. about it right? You're, like, you're like, all right, mate. Well, I better like the TA because it's all I got.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I think I mean TA got put on my radar um, more so when I did the PCT because every person who asks you, "Oh, you're from New Zealand? Have you hiked the TA?" And you're just like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> "That's a great. That's a great American accent." <laughs> that's
1: how all Americans sound. Um, hey, bro. So, <laughs> hey dude um yeah so i um realized oh i mean everyone associates new zealand with the ta and i have no idea where the ta even goes um i have a friend who hiked it in 2015 but never really heard a lot of the stories or never really looked into where the trail yeah actually follows um so it definitely got put on my radar and was put on my list of like, okay, cool, I need to do this hike in my lifetime. It was not put at the top because I think, as a product of you know, you grow up in it, in an area, you're kind of like, well, it will always be here, and I will get to it. Um, and I think in my mind, I was kind of wanting to prioritize more international hikes first and foremost because probably more bang for your buck views and. You know, I really like the aspect of experiencing another culture, um, on a trail. But I think with COVID and everything that's happened, it's almost like it's in my stars <laughs> to hike <laughs> in, to hike the TA this year. It's kind of like, well, yeah, all these things have happened, but maybe this is the best opportunity and uh to take this year or this this next months to go hike this trail that I otherwise maybe would have just left for, you know, another 10 years or so. And if I can in some way um, have some hand in helping develop this trail, you know, bring more awareness to it, then I would, you know, love to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess you won't have to worry about any bears or anything down there, right?
1: Yeah, no bears, no poison ivy, no snakes.
0: snakes.
1: No, yeah. No nothing.
0: What are you gonna do for the are you gonna do the filming the same way? Uh the way you did the PCT, or are you gonna to try to do some along the way?
1: Yeah, um I think Or is I, that a
0: big assumption already? Are you gonna are you gonna I presume you're gonna be filming?
1: <laughs> um yeah. I mean, like I said, the I feel like a camera to me is kind of an extension of me. So I, I would feel wrong. It would feel wrong with that one. Um yeah, I think I'm going to take a pretty similar approach. I think that um, it's it's kind of a little bit intimidating because because I, I feel this pressure on myself to kind of maybe improve to just up the quality a bit, which is good. I also recognise that if filming becomes too forefront, it will completely hinder my experience and take away from you know the the whole feeling of being out there so i'm aware of that going into it and kind of just thinking you know i've got to be aware of that balance and making sure that overall i am making the hike and the experience the reason i'm out there not not for filming not for anything else but to go have this experience
0: good on you well stoked for the for the thru hike for you not it is what it is <laughs>
1: It is what it is. yeah, and and, and also it, it is what it is, you know. You just going to yeah, make two. Right. Yeah, um, just just another through
0: <laughs> hike, I guess I gotta do one. So you got hiking, filming. What else are you jamming on? What are your other things? Jamming
1: on right now?
0: Yeah, what else you what else do you jam on in your day to day?
1: In my day to day. So I guess right now, um, yeah, it's been that balance of working towards this through hike, kind of setting myself up online, in a sense, and building relationships. There are some things that are undisclosed currently um, or not quite ready to be, I guess, talked about, but... um,
0: What a teaser. What a teaser.
1: (laughs) One thing I'm hoping to do is kind of, um, I don't know, be a source of information for people who, um, I don't know, who want to put together kind of their stories of adventure um and maybe film it through hike or even just like travel i feel like a lot of us have these hard drives full of footage sitting at home and we're like what do we do with it what do we <laughs> where the hell do i start um in building a story or kind of putting together something so that's something i in the future would hope to and maybe am currently working on uh what's the space but um is that,
0: is that our is that our tease that's
1: that is the, that is the teaser. Um, that sounds
0: cool. I think that's, um, seems like a lot of people are hiking. And they want some sort of documentation and, you know, have no way to compile that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just a thing of the overwhelm. Um, but yeah, no, that's, um, what I guess has been taking up some time as well as I guess lining stuff up with video. <laughs> well,
0: cool, cool. I think that's that's wrapping it up. So what's the oh, best yeah. way for folks to follow or keep in touch with you?
1: So uh, there's, I guess, yeah, my YouTube channel. Um, I probably won't be super active on that um, for the next couple months. Um, so there's Instagram. I'm pretty active on that. I do try my best to respond to any questions people have, which is just... My name. Well, actually, it's my <laughs> name without the O in Osborne. So it's Ellen is born. I don't know why it's like that. I just decided that. I don't I think I realized that.
0: You know, yeah, we'll link up to all that. But thanks so much for your time, Lena. It's been uh, good talking to you. I've been a fan of the videos, and I'll be stoked to see the the TA.
1: Sweet. No, thanks so much. It's been it's been great having you on.
0: All I- right. There you have it, Alina Osborne, a.k.a. Tip Tap. Check out her epic YouTube videos or follow her adventures on Instagram, sweet as. This is Chris Cage, founder of Green Valley Meals, signing out. Peace.